0: man i've enjoyed this stuck series we've talked about a lot of topics and ways people can get stuck but what about when you hit the ultimate stuckness we're going to talk about that today the meta ladder
1: welcome to the leading edge in emotionally focused therapy with your hosts dr james hawkins and dr ryan reyna eft is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson.
0: Wow. Well, Ryan and I are back off the road, but this time we got to be together along with the great EFT supervisor and the EFT guy, Chad Hoff, mm-hmm. coming back from Dallas. Uh, if you're hearing this, this happened in 2023. Um, and it was great, you know, first we, ever training. Yeah, the R- first time that's training. And it was great, man. It was good. It was yeah. dynamic. Uh, we got to and I mean, shout out to one, the the North Texas EFT community for putting on the event. They did a great job hosting. And then I really got to give a lot of kudos to the people that were represented in that room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to do an advanced training where we're not going to go back to the basics. And um, that group, that room was ready. They yeah. were they were ready just to move in and dive deeper. Yeah. We
2: didn't do any basics, really.
0: No, we didn't, which yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were willing just to lean in and try. So that was really good. And so one of the concepts that we're going to use that came up there um, that we're going to use to close out this Stuck series um, is called the Meta Ladder. And so we've been talking about all these new, like, kind of nuanced places where people can get stuck, whether it's focus, stuck in story, all those kinds of things. Um But this one is, but what about when you hit the ultimate stuckness? You have done all you can do. You've done all the CPR with blocks. You've kind of worked with terror, and you've tried to restrain interruptions and all these kinds of things, but it's very clear the path forward just ain't happening. They are locked in on that alpha path and not moving, and it's not even just alpha path. It's a disorganized, disorienting, non-safe journey. What's a plan for that? And so we're talking about the meta ladder. So let's start with that for a moment, right? And this is big because even a very great – got to give her a shout-out. Camille, she is one of the the leaders from Atlanta EFT. Mm -hmm. Shout-out to Atlanta EFT. She came up after Ryan – three folks there from Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. Some great people. And she came up and she hugged you for this because she was Mm -hmm. talking about – she hit a place where she just couldn't break through with her couple. And so she had to start kind of trying to build this plan out of, all right, so how do we either get clear – get reback focus or do how do we help back out of this process and so in this where you introduce the meta ladder can you even one talked about what does the meta ladder mean or the name of it
2: well first i want to do what i'm i'm going to try to do every episode which is i want to thank everybody for their work mm-hmm. and cuz you do hard work you have chosen to do something that's vulnerable and difficult and i especially appreciate in the context of this episode that people hang in there and grind it out with people who, and they're really struggling. The amount of patience and resiliency it takes on your part as a therapist is pretty special. So thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. We want to try to thank you every episode. Yeah. So the meta ladder, that term, you know, meta means kind of about or of. Um, and so I just called it that because um, in EFT, we don't want to do that typically. Right? So if I, if I'm not doing a great EFT session, Sometimes what I'll look at is, man, I spent too much time talking about the process and not just doing it, right? So it's like if you're going to ride a bike, you don't ride a bike from talking about riding the bike. You got to ride the bike. And the same thing with emotions. You know, you can't teach people all the truths about emotion and, and expect it to help their relationship. You got to do it. But the opposite's also true. If we're moving further and further and further away from safety and the therapist has done everything that they can do, I think it's not a bad idea to have a plan for that. Yeah. And so I've been thinking about that mentally for a couple of years. And then uh, in Dallas at dinner one night, I'm like, let's, let's put it down. Let's make our meta ladder draft 1.0. And uh, i certainly reserved the right to change this as we go. <laughs> we, we probably need to, and maybe even the title's not good. I don't know, meta ladder is just what comes to me. And speaking of shout outs, I do um, a call once a month, uh, every month, nationally with the VA, um, VA EFT group, mostly based out of San Francisco, but there's folks from all over the country, and there. usually about 40 or 50 therapists. And one of them brings their hardest case a month, and we we try to break it down. Um, and everywhere I travel, by the way, people think that their couples are particularly hard, because uh, couples work as hard. But the VA is probably right. They, uh, those folks are working with very, very difficult situations. Lots of complex PTSD, typically older clients, uh, lots of addiction, contraindications everywhere. And they're bringing me the hardest ones that they have. So the VA inadvertently helped me think this through. And, and so by meta ladder, what, what I was referring to is sort of two sides. If you can imagine um, a ski run where there's an uphill and a downhill, Right, And the downhill is, is when the EFT map is working. Right, What are we going to do? We're going to do alliance. We're going to track the cycle. We're going to use our assembly, our presence, our reflections and validations. Until this slows down, then we're looking for a new, different, and deeper reach. Now we're going to start doing a, a titrating series of enactments that goes through stage one into stage two, where we have our big change event type of enactments. Um, and then we consolidate in stage three. But what about if it goes the opposite way? If you try everything you can and nothing works, and um, we can't even really get the process started all the way, I'm like, let's think through, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine-step process here, and uh, I think we can put this on the show notes too. This is on a slide. We'll do that if you want to look in your show notes. But um, do you want to say more about that, or should I just jump in?
0: Um, where I'm glad that we're talking about this, just like Camille shared, it's it's knowing that you don't always have to win here in a way of sense of make people bomb. That's one. But two, what I appreciate that Sue and the trainer team have done before, before I even showed up is tell us a process. Like help give us a process so that way we're not just kind of guessing. And even in the process, what Sue would say is she never meant for anything that she taught in EFT, whether the tango, or the stages and steps. She never meant for any of it to be super rigid, but to be a fluid process at the therapy. It's like here are some markers that we've seen through the tapes and and, and process research. What I like about the meta ladder is when all else that you're doing isn't working, you don't just have to hang your head as a failure. But, hey, here are some steps to work with to either one, get clarity, to talk to people, say, like, we need to reconvene for a moment. Let's pause on the treatment plan and let's reconvene. And two, to figure out, do I need, instead of being an orchestrator of facilitating a repair bond, do I kind of help turn into a clarifier of are we both, are you, are, are the people in this relationship really committed to the change process? And then even if they aren't, that's still not a failure. How do we still work to help you do uh, separation well? Right. So that's what I appreciate about this.
2: Yep. So if you think back to that ski run, Going down the EFT process is going down the run. So we're going deeper, 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 connect, 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 deeper. But it's not a bad idea to have some steps to go back up. So this is going up the ladder. And by up, what I mean is sort of away from good. (laughs) No one wants to go this direction as a rule. But it's still the right move. And that hug from Camille it, it, I think she's trying to say I'm, I'm just glad for someone to talk about this because I've not yeah. I've not seen this before either. I just kind of halfway made it up. Of course, this is none this is really original. But anyway, it's just good to sort of demystify what we can do and everything goes wrong. Last qualifier: most of us preoccupy on these situations, whether lots of uh, um, escalation or this just can't work. When in reality, this is very very few very small percentage. But I think you can reverse on that. The more you have a plan for these exceptionally bad situations, the more you can relax and and do all of it a little bit better. So the meta ladder.
0: Can I say something really yep. quick? You said a word that really resonated for me. And I think it's like, you know, me, you, and George work together a lot, demystify a process. Mm-hmm. And that's what Sue's done, you know, in her mm-hmm. work and research. And that's what Jim Ferrell's done with some of his like talking about session management research, the stage two process of pursuer softening, Catherine Reems research on withdrawal reengagement. And I think that's what our heart really is, is even as we talk about this, it's not sound like, hey, this is a foolproof plan. But we our heart behind this podcast is de- to demystify some of these processes to give you kind of like instead of wandering around in the dark to help maybe turn on a dimmer switch to get things a little bit clear. I don't know why that demystify stood out to me.
2: I like it, too. And and. I want to be clear with all these things we talk about on this podcast, as well as success and vulnerability mm-hmm. and these trainings. We really want to teach you nuance. I think, you know, Sue's been talking a lot about that in times I've been around her about how the field of psychotherapy has changed. There's a market now for nuance, moving away from just some philosophy and some interventions into studying nuance. But it is important, um, as we get feedback sometimes, to say, I, I want you to learn this so that you can forget it, Yeah. right? And that's true for lots of things in life, yeah. any really skill. You know, you can't look at your feet when you're dancing. It doesn't hurt to, to have some drills where you learn the moves. So then you let the music move you and the dance floor, and the same thing here. So we're definitely not suggesting that you go step by step here, yeah. but rather just a chance to practice this. So we're, we're going to jump into what the metal ladder is after this quick commercial.
0: Do you like the content that you're hearing on this podcast? Well, we invite you to join us on successandvulnerability.com along with George Fowler and other EFT therapists and supervisors where you get to get more thorough insight into these concepts and actually get to see it done. Once again, join us on successandvulnerability.com. So once again, Ryan, the EFT map that's us trying to drop down in, mm-hmm. but we recognize it's not working. That We can't make it any further down that ladder. We got to get a new ladder to walk up because all the work is blocked. Right. So I'll start with the ones maybe that everyone's used to hearing from yes. us. Kind of first step up that ladder is all the CPR attempts. Mm-hmm. People blocking us in therapy is a normal part of the process. Sue even has that in the quote in her attachment theory and process book. In practice, yeah. Yep. We Yeah, process. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that, That's a normal part of it. We mm. expect them to block us. Right. And our job with that is not to ignore it, but to help and not mm. let it deviate us off focus, but to be able to catch it, give it permission, and refocus back on the work. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked about on this podcast. So, so with yeah.
2: CPR, yeah, catch it, give it permission, and then reset. So reset. credit, credit right to there. George Fowler there. Blocks are normal. And this first rung on the ladder it's actually an attempt to get it to go back the other way. Yes. Right. To see if they can go back downhill to, towards secure attachment. Right. So we wanna, you know, if I haven't if I haven't done a, a a fairly significant amount of going right towards the block and really working the validation around it to see if I can make that block no longer needed, well then I don't wanna say it's my fault, but I've not done all I can do mm-hmm. to give them to give this a chance to go back down the hill. That's but right. if I've but if I've worked those blocks as hard as I can, and we're still moving away from security, it moves us to this second rung here,
0: which is a little bit hard to explain. I like that one. Let's make sure we note on okay. this ladder, like all of these are at, are an at attempt. Well, probably all of them are, but these are very clear attempts to make it turn back. That's right. Then there's a point when we hit this, like okay, we're not turning back. That's right. We get it. All right. Mm-hmm. So CPR, then ditch. We've talked about that on here. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes the pathway towards responsiveness is just not there. And we've got to be able to get the other partner to say i really want to i'm just stuck here so it's okay for people to talk about and to share stuckness in the eft because that can be a very vulnerable thing to say i'm stuck i'm too tired it's been too painful it's hard for me to do this vulnerable process or also i think we've talked about it on here the terror process or how do we deal with interruptions and reactivity where we at sometimes a therapist we need to because the cycle has been telling them to fight a certain way at home or maybe not even fight, but a way to try, what did my couple say yesterday, to keep de- digging our heels in to be heard. right? But we've got to be able to, to interrupt, close those interruptions, and, and keep the work focused. But there's a time when we just can't contain it enough. Yeah, The reactivity has been too much. Yeah, and the second
2: rung on the ladder, which would probably be two rungs, but I ran out of space, so <laughs> <laughs> I had to put it all on one page. PowerPoint limited you. Yeah, the terror processes are early in the session. And the ditch processes are typically late in the session. But I put them on the same rung because I was just trying to – I had to put it somewhere. So, you know, at that same training last week in, in Dallas, I had a, an EFT supervisor come up and say, hey, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I had a really hard session that went really bad. I'm like, hey, don't be ashamed to me. That makes me want to give you a high five. You know, you're sticking your face in there. As we used to say in football practice, you got to stick your head in there and, and, and go get it. And I appreciate her trying. And so she starts interviewing me on on escalation, right? And and I'm like, look, it's happened to me too, it'll probably happen to me again. But most of the time when escalation really wins, it's because the therapist showed up late. Like you've given them six, seven, eight sentences of blame. Yeah. And now it becomes contagious and they flood out on you. Yeah. And they neurologically can't come back. So You know, if I've got to stop a moving train, I want to stop it on about the third or fourth inch, not the third or fourth mile. Mm -hmm. So don't give it momentum. So that's what I mean by the terror process. A therapist has got to be on their game when they see the difference between someone actually answering a question or sharing when it's really more of a, this is just a toxic blame coming. This is disembodied. Get in there. And that's terror. You know, do what you got to do to stop this thing from, from escalating. That's that second piece. And then late in the session, the ditch processes, meaning you've got your enactment set up or you're trying to distill deeper or you're trying to get someone to to respond, and they formally are just showing you, I'm not doing this today. And so then you, as we've said on a previous episode, you can have them turn and just say, I can't show up for you today because I'm so hurt, right? So that would be a second rung as we're moving away from safety because an attachment ex, an attachment based explanation of no is better than no explanation of no. Mm. So that will be that second second run on the ladder.
0: All right, the third one enactment blocked by us.
2: Yeah, it's a funny way to say that. Again, I was kind of out of space, but what what came what, what I learned I learned from this myself actually because I didn't put it together until I'd put it together. Funny how that works. But you know, as you're moving towards safety. You know, you want to do more and more and more enactments. You know, as people come more open, more vulnerable, you, you know, in stage two, sometimes the way you set up an enactment is just to point at the partner, and and by that point they realize, oh, he wants me to turn and tell my partner something. Um, but but as you move away from safety, you want people to do less enactments, and by enactments, I just mean we don't want people to talk to each other as much. So this is sort of a a, a next stage in terror which is to restrain interruptions here. So you might just say, hang on, hang on, hang on. Look, for the next five minutes, I want you to talk to me only. You talk about Leanne Campbell's beautiful statement of when people are really, really heavily upset, bring that to me. Mm -hmm. Bring that to me, not your partner. And so that's what we mean by block. So don't have them talk to each other, even prevent them from talking to each other when things are getting worse and worse. That's rung three.
0: Rung four. I feel like that was about about round four. Maybe we could make this a boxing one. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. All right. Uh, One-on-one alliance repairs, trauma first, two rungs again.
2: Yeah, these next two or three, you know, things here um, gets into do do you split the couple and meet one-on-one with each member, you know, and, and warning, big word of caution. If you're not used to working conjointly, meaning more than one person in the room, if you, don't have your, if you don't have your processes down, what you're liable to do is to diagnose the moves of the cycle, label them, label people by their protective moves, and think that, oh man, this really is just coming out of their childhood trauma, so I need to split them and deal with their trauma first. That is really common, really common. And what's funny is it's not entirely wrong. You can trace people's protective moves back to their attachment history. But ideally speaking, we would work this out where they actually live, which is in their relationship, right? It's Sue's old point about you can pull a fish out of water and and teach the fish to swim differently on your desk. But the problem is they go back in the water. So I, the the ideal place to work out childhood trauma is in conjoint therapy. No doubt about it. If you can.
0: <laughs> yep. I got to clap on that because, yeah. I mean, I've gotten that question before. But, like, I had a client, just to, I get my mic far away, sorry. I had a couple the other day. She's like, well, we're here, but we think it's mainly focused on him. So we just want it to show up. And then mm-hmm. we'll just kind of let him come in and work it out. And after you get everything resolved with him, then we'll come back together. Like, mm-hmm. no. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. But, you know, I could work with him. And you primarily want me working with your partner around things that will help benefit the two of you. Well, you're the greatest resource I would have to do that work. If you're not here, it's going to be, I think, longer and slower. So could you stick with us? Right.
2: And I'll say this. There were couples that 15 years ago I would have to do that with. Yeah. I just didn't have the skill. I just didn't have the ability to work with blocks enough. I didn't know how to do enough containment moves. I didn't have enough confidence. And so, you know, I would have had to split them and do trauma work first, either with me or somebody else. But ideally speaking, you want to hold and contain it to couples work if you have enough repertoire of working with these defenses, this mistrust. But up this ladder, what we're saying is, what if you can't? And, you know, I've had one case in the past five years where this was the case. I, I, I was not able to get enough safety, and I had to split. In that same split, this is this is again could be two rungs here, but uh, also, you know, Kenny Sander, from our buddy uh, trainer out of Nashville, just resigned as a trainer, but he's still going to do a lot of great work. And he said sometimes in his hardest but best cases, it's just there's just like two inches of room to work, and he's just doing the best he can to hang in there with all the hurt, and he mm-hmm. he really spends time validating one person one person's pain. And in doing that he's ruptured a whole lot with the other partner. And he says sometimes I'll just schedule a one-on-one after those really brutal sessions where people are bruised up and I'll just spend time loving on that person. I'll just rebuild my alliance with them, make sure I see them, check on their heart. And he goes, "In my hardest cases and no, that's really helpful." So this is kind of I kind of parked that move right here in the one-on-one set of the ladder. So you can meet one-on-one to just repair some alliance off off some hard sessions. And and let's be clear, that was a theme of our most recent training is a lot of uh, people think that you're supposed to stay in perfect attunement all the time with your clients, and that's not true. You've got to be able to rupture attunement at times to not let the cycle win. And sometimes your very effort to not let the cycle win causes ruptures in your alliance, one way to handle that, I wouldn't do this very often, but one way to handle that is to split them one time, reset the alliance. By far the biggest danger in doing one-on-one sessions is triangulation. Mm. And people do it without meaning to, but that client wants you to see their side, which we want to do, but that client wants really wants us to be sort of against their partner a little bit. That's just a natural thing that systems do. We've known that for 75 years, so we want to be super careful meeting one-on-one. There's rung four.
0: All right. Next one is one-on-one changing roles in meta-process.
2: And the higher we go in the ladder, what we're implying here is the worse it's getting. So in the VA, oftentimes um, that relationships at that level of distress are trying to get the therapist to do something we don't do. Everything from simple like, can you help me mediate this content issue, all the way to where we had someone refuse to do any of any enactments. We're not going to do that anymore, right? And so at that point, that would be little examples of what something usually much bigger, where you would once again split, go one on one, and sort of reintroduce myself in the process. Here's who I am. Here's who I'm not. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. Here's what our research shows. Here's what you're probably going to see me doing. Here's why I'm doing it. I just want to take this time. to. Ch- it's, it's going back to alliance. It's mm-hmm. going back to really almost informed consent and resetting orientation, helping this person have some buy-in um, at, in the middle of the process. So once again, this if we're on this ladder, it's not because things are going well. We're climbing this ladder because, because the process is in trouble. And we're trying to see if we can sort of save the process here in a way that saves our clients. Mm. Clarifier conjoint sessions. Yeah, so rung 6 here um, goes back to my story from Gail Palmer back in 11 where I was at an out of control case, right? And and you know, she pushed back as she ate her in between bites of salad, she goes, "It sounds like you're kind of the problem <laughs> and you want it more than they do." you know, and and help me understand that. And she goes, Ryan, when 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 it gets that bad, quit trying to do bonding stuff, quit trying to dig deeper, just relax and become a clarifier. So if I am relaxing and just being a clarifier, what that's saying is, I, I don't want to say I've given up, but I've given up for that day trying to go deep. All I'm trying to do is to show you where you're stuck. Here's the good reasons you have to do what you do. I see you. But here's what will not let growth happen. Did one of those last week. They came in, it was just not going to happen today. I'm like, all right, if we're going to be that upset with each other, my job is to show you experientially how each of you contribute to this problem, how it connects, and why you can't grow. So I'm just a clarifier. I stop thinking about necessarily going deeper or doing some profound enactments, although I'm always willing to pivot and change my mind if they do.
0: Wow, that's good. And here's the one. (laughs) Wrong seven. Clarifier of breakup.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, EFT is an ideal model for breaking up. You know, and and every relationship ends. Every one of them does eventually. Uh, But many of them are going to end in your treatment. Right. The best outcomes I've ever heard of um, were a few projects with EFT that had like a 92% success rate. So, even in those situations, there's going to be 8%. And, and probably over a 1,000 couples, the, the failure rate is going to be closer to 20% or something. I don't know. It's still really good. Um, but even in the very best, there's 8%. Not every relationship will make it. You could argue not every relationship should make it. The good news is I am never, ever, ever going to tell a couple they should break up. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of other therapists saying that. I wasn't there, so they could be being misquoted. I've been misquoted a lot, so I'm sensitive to that. But I will never be the one, ever, who says you need to leave your partner, even in the cases of abuse. I would would support them doing that for safety, but I will not be the one that says you need to break up. That is not my place. It's unethical. I'll also never be the one who says you need to stay together. You need to... Fight for this relationship. Don't give up. You need to forgive. That's not my place. Um, but if a relationship is breaking up, our assembly work, our tracking the cycle is really, really important. The only difference is when you get to the E in temp or the limbic arousal in your assembly, just don't deepen and heighten it. Instead of deepen and heighten it, just get one emotion word and keep moving and put this together over and over and over. If people can break up or divorce in some cases with a clear view of their cycle, two things really happen good. One, it helps the grief process be more accurate. And two, it decreases the likelihood of them making the same mistake in their next relationship. So if you, if you get divorced from someone and your ex was the biggest, here's your list, um, compulsive liar, master manipulator, um, addicts, some diagnoses, horrible, uh, addictive, narcissist. The problem with that is your body knows the truth. And that story that, that people construct, which is sort of a self-protective function, not judging it, it's just what it is, that makes their grief process not work. Because I need to look at what, how my partner hurt me. I also need to look at what I did in the context of that hurt. And in that way, my body can grieve this better.
0: Mm, that's good. Rung eight, no more conjoints.
2: Yeah, there's just a point where you can say, for now or, or maybe longer than that, I just won't meet with you together. Again, that is extremely rare for me, uh, but it's possible that if a relationship gets that sick, that unsafe, um, that you just refuse to work with them together. Um, but again, that's happened one time in the last five years. This was with a person who uh, was in a very bad I would say decompensation sort of vibe anytime any of her emotion came forward or if her partner had any emotion, uh, it would be um, pretty rough. And so I started to lose confidence that, that we could establish safety, even me doing my very best moves. Still worked with them, still had pretty decent results, but we just had to go a different pathway and not meet together for some time.
0: Mm. And then the last rung here. Stabilization only.
2: Yeah. Once again, kind of the same thing here, but uh, this is the focus on this person's in trouble, and we're gonna do we're gonna do our basics for safety here with mental health, which could be everything from calling an ambulance. I've had had that happen once in my career in a couple session, to you know getting people to inpatient care, getting people to other kinds of community support. And that's really all we're doing right now because you don't want to try to build a house on rubble from a hurricane. And uh, I staffed a case recently, and one of the things this, a person would do in their cycle was threaten suicide. Mm. And that person had tried to commit before. And they were like, what are you doing in EFT? I'm like, oh, hold the phone. We, we stay in step one and two in EFT. We're just going to stabilize. We may not see them together. We're going to take steps for safety. So that's up the ladder nine of these sort of last resort sort of moves.
0: Yeah, and that last one reminds me of what, and I'm sure other people say it, but Leanne would say that you resource the client. Mm-hmm. If it's to that point, it's just what Ryan said. You, you surround them with them many resources, whether it's some type of EMDR work, individual, like group, you are a, group, yep. a group a group type therapy. Yeah, so 100%. Yeah,
2: I like Leanne's comment, second part for Leanne. She's getting lots of shout outs today you know try do your best to raise a net of support around them in the community it's a great time to have a network of other therapists to know who who's good at taking care of people who are having a really tough time and get them to a place of safety
0: well Ryan i appreciate that during your dinner in between chewing you took time to pull out a napkin <laughs> and write this out. i couldn't read it when you tried to show it yeah. to me but we deciphered it the next day yeah Hey, it's good, you know,
2: and it's, again, this is not typical sessions, but it, sometimes if you just have something in the back of your mind to go to, it can help you relax. And the the majority of your couples will come back down the ladder and move back towards the EFT map. But even if they don't, we can still do our very best work. We're not responsible for outcomes, only the process. There you go. Hey, all right. We got one more opportunity to connect with us if you like on November 29th, um, 2023. Uh, you have a chance to jump on with us on what's called an SV Live. So that's successinvulnerability.com. We do, we do live interaction with people. And I'm up on November 29th. So instead of just doing a teaching point, this time I'm going to be breaking down a real session that I did uh, this past July. And uh, if you want to join us, you can jump online and you can do live interaction with me. We'll be uh, chatting some in the chat box on Zoom and we'll also be pausing the tape at times. Uh, I picked out this session because there was a lot of clinical decisions and sort of layered stuckness, even even deeper stuckness at the very end. And I got some critical feedback about some of the the way I ended it. I thought the feedback was excellent. It made me a better clinician. So we would love to invite you. Uh, November 29th, 2023, it's 10 a.m. Central to noon Central. So be sure you factor in the time zones there. Yep. And uh, you can jump in and and we can so, you know, work together case by case. You can see me doing this instead of just
0: talking about it. Yep. And you can jump in after you go to successandvulnerability.com. At the top of the page, on the right-hand side, you will see SV Live. Click on that and then you can register to join this course with Ryan Reyna. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. And then if you hear this like a year later then obviously you can't join, but it will still be on that website. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you can go to this website and you can you can purchase um, the recording of this. Yeah. So seeing your other colleagues have an interaction with me on this. Some people, uh, I'll tell you where this idea came from, is years ago as a supervisor, um, we were doing different things and they always want to see me work and but it's actually even better than that, because if I'm breaking down my session with you, I can pause the tape and go, here's why I went left instead of right.
0: Yep. Doesn't
2: mean that's right, but it just creates a nice dialogue. So we'd love to have you join us November 29 2023, from 10 to noon central, watching me break a three-layered stuckness session down.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at at gmail.com. and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Raina Professional Training and on his website, ryanraynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.